Hello there, this is Niver and this is Niver Niverland. Today's episode, season two of season seven, brought together a couple folks uh, inside the industry, one inside the industry, one outside the industry. I was looking for a guest perspectives on things. We talked about how habits have changed and how prices have gone up, how restaurant visits have gone down. And we talk about neighborhoods that are still thriving and downtowns that are not. But first and foremost, I think it's about the restaurant's survival and how that's perhaps made us lose a little bit of this depth of service that really is the essence of our job, us being humble providers for folks who come in our restaurants. And yes, we've had to exert operationally things onto guests that have changed um, just the whole dynamic of what it is to dine out now and inflation and all of these things that are challenging to us. But still through all of this, ultimately a, a guest experience is what's going to make your restaurant thrive. So we talk about how guests are feeling. Uh, I gave my restaurant perspective on a couple of things. And all I got to say is, fam, I need you to I need you to go back out. I need you to get back into restaurants just the way you were before the pandemic. And I know that things have changed and that's maybe a wish, but uh, think about those places that mean something to you and go to them. So today, Never Neverland, Roy, son, Jacob Schumach, and these two dudes know a lot about the industry from a couple of different angles, and that's what made this show so good. Appreciate you all. Thanks for your support in Never Neverland. Matthew Gundrum, Gleam Tower Media as well. See you soon. Enjoy the episode. <laughs> Well, you know, initially I, I was thinking it would be best. Matt, are you ready for me? I think initially I thought it was going to be best to have people I absolutely didn't know. Mm -hmm. And I think I was trying to, I don't know, take some real shit from people. And and I think I wanted to kind of have it be, you know, somebody that wasn't influenced by knowing me and trying to be nice. So I don't want you to be nice today. Like if, if you feel like there's something you want to tear on, tear on it. Right? Is this a roast? No. <laughs> if it is a roast, it would be a roast of me. That's what that's what I that's what I'm saying. It's like a roast of what's going on in the industry, or or uh, it doesn't even have to be a roast. And I think I've kind of calmed my, my my vision down a little bit. You know, I think part of it was I wanted to like, you know help uh, say I was busting Yelp's balls, you know, about how, you know, you get a review on Yelp and that's a lot of people read those things and it can really affect what's going on. And I just wanted to like maybe give the perspective back to a Yelper like, hey, have me to your office. I'd like to see with me. I want to mm -hmm. come to your office. I'm going to see what you do. Maybe what your service level is or what expectation I might find uh, <laughs> that you're not, you know, exceeding or meeting or whatever at your job. And I would be happy. It doesn't matter if I don't know what you do. I'd be happy to tell you what I think about it. Mm -hmm. And immediately. And then in that moment, I might decide never to come back. 
Sure. Or to utilize that service or that company or Or to be like completely overwhelmed and thankful. Like, fuck, you guys are good. Sure. So so today, you know, like I wanted to try to, I still want to try to take things uh, from you as you are guests, the guest perspective Mm -hmm. in a joint, in any joint you know, a place that you've been recently or, you know, how you've seen things change. And I, I kind of want to dig deeper because I think the guests need to understand the stress that's, that restaurants are going through, sure. But the restaurants can't think so about themselves now that we're through COVID. They can't think so much about themselves. Like we can, we needed to reorganize. We need to make our businesses better. But now I, I think in that we kind of like, retreated from making it about the guest because we've been trying to fucking survive. Mm. So I want to explore a little bit of that too and how the guest is feeling. Cause I know, you know, I've done a lot to protect my business. Sure. And it affects the guest primarily. Okay. So there's some shit just to jump in and just to make sure that we're, you know, kind of understanding my mission. And you uh, mentioned my notes and my notes are, a mess because there's just so much here that I want to dig into. Cool. Let me introduce you. This is, let me introduce me. I'm Niver. This is Niver Niverland. It's brought to you by Moochie's Frozen Food, St. Inet, Moochie's Italian, Gleam Tower Media, Matt Gundrum. And today we have two wonderful people uh, here to talk about things with Jacob Schumach. How you doing, Jacob? I'm doing very well, sir. And Roy Sun. Hi. Hello. Hello. Mm, you guys sound great. Roy, you're a professional freelance photographer. That is correct. And do you get to travel? I mean, this is like, it sounds like, hey, I know you get to travel. Do you get to travel <laughs> with your job? Um, I was traveling a lot more pre-COVID. Yeah. Um, obviously. I think a, we all were. Took a little bit of a break. Um, and then it's it started to pick back up just a little bit. Uh but primarily, yes. Like mm-hmm. I, I am willing to travel yeah. uh, for work, and uh, it, it it does open up a lot of other opportunities, obviously and figuratively. Like just, you know, you get to get out of here and and see other spots and uh, really bring some. You know, some cases you're bringing that back here. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I in mean, some cases. Answer, in some cases, hmm. yes. Um, so to answer your question, yes, I, I do get to travel. Uh, when I'm able to, and if the opportunity does arise, then I usually take it. Yeah. All right. Well, we may bring that. Um, well, we'd like to bring that perspective into some of the things at play here on our on my agenda. For sure. For Jacob, sure. you're you're in the industry. Yes. And how would you describe what you do? Are you a chef? Yeah. Okay. Uh, but it sounds like there's more there. Sure. Uh, even in my current job, it's. Uh, kind of jack of all trades, master mm-hmm. of none. Um, for the restaurant that I'm at currently, I am the chef, general manager, pastry chef, and uh, the only title that I've given myself because it just amuses me is I'm the commissary wrangler yeah. uh, <laughs> because that uh, accurately describes trying to run a commissary kitchen. Sure. You know, I in the, in the face of what's happened to the industry, more of us are generalists because we're having to do more things. I, I have never been really, really, really good at any part of my job. 
I'm good at so many things inside my job. And like, you know, like, you, like you say, Jack of all trades, like making the light work for four yep. hours during service. Like I can do that shit blindfolded, you know, like it's just weird what you end up learning. But now we're asked to do more and more in our jobs because there's less of us. And less specialized people available. Right. People that have moved on or, you know, people are looking in the industry. Like training's really been, training's on my list today. Because guess what? You know, when there's a labor shortage, you know, I, for the first time in my career, put somebody on the floor without being properly trained or a couple people on the floor without being properly trained because I needed bodies. Sure. Ugh. You know, I just, it was a really hard position to be in. I think we're finding that in restaurants. Okay. Gents. Overall, big picture, since, since COVID, dining out since COVID, are you feeling changes? And if there's any, you know, noticeable, you know, service-wise or just kind of how things are going out there, just kind of pipe in about it. You know, let me know what you're doing in restaurants. How does it feel different from before? Oh, that's loaded. Is it? It is, I think. Um, Unpack it for us, Jacob. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> I would say there's the aspect of overall, I think service has suffered. Service mm -hmm. as in being in service, hospitality, and the immediate feel once you walk through a door of a restaurant. And we can even expand this out to any customer-facing business. There's, and you know, like speaking from inside the industry for a moment, I understand that some of that is because of fatigue. The myriad changes that the restaurant industry and customer service industry have faced in the past three years has been <sighs> it's been a, a multi-headed hydra mm -hmm. and so i understand it on a certain level like why that has suffered and also because lots of veterans have left the industry i know so many people even just restaurant industry, that <clears throat> after March of 2020 have not uh, set foot in a restaurant as anything other than a customer. And a lot of those folks were really, really talented people. Front of house, back of house, the switch hitters that could do both. Mm -hmm. And so then there's also, you know, like in that, aspect that you're talking about, like just needing bodies. And when you're stretched, then you can't, you don't have the time to do all that, what you would consider proper training or training to your satisfaction to get that level of service back. Details. Yes. Details get lost. Cause you're just trying to like, you know, like get water out of the boat. Yeah. So when I've experienced a lot more places, that don't have that that extra little something as far as the service side. The yeah. food may be fantastic, and that might you know keep me coming back. Just the food, yeah. but I'm not going there for the experience. And there are some places that uh, have become much more like takeout places for me than I want to sit there. 
but then there are the places that like really are knocking it out of the park and that keeps like that keeps me going back to those places and in a greater frequency sure do you have less of those places yes Roy, do you, are you a regular anywhere? Uh, I do have some spots. Okay. Uh, and and, and <clears throat> are you as regular at your regular spots as you were? As I was? Yeah. No. Um, Is I, it decreased in half? I think it's, that's probably accurate Fuck. about there. Um, and, and I think part of it is, it's just the change, you know, it's, it's a whole change, right? Like it's not just, I'm not going to some of these places less. It's, I'm just eating out. Less. less you know i'm i'm trying to cook more or i'm incorporating more takeout or you know there's like group dinners or you know just like other ways to sort of fill that hole but that the reliance and the um just like the how often i i went out to eat um you know that that has suffered a little bit and i think that there's a few different factors that have kind of contributed to that um, you know, and, and I don't think it was entirely to do with COVID. Um, I think it was a, uh, there was a little bit, a little bit of momentum going that way. And then COVID kind of shook everything up, uh, made us sort of re-examine everything and kind of recalculate how we wanted to, you know, spend our time, spend our money. Um, and then, you know, kind of coming out of that, I was a lot more, uh, selective with where I went, um, you know, places that I really wanted to support and make sure that I, you know, that I, it was like, there were places that, not that like, I didn't think they needed my support, but it was just like other places that are like, oh man, like, I really don't want to see these guys. Like, if go. you don't go, yeah. they're not going to be there. And if they're not there, that's something that's lost yeah. really, truly. Yeah. How did they gain that? How did that place gain that level of trust from you? Um, Service. Service. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I mean, service is, is a big part to do with it. Um, you know, like my, my fuss spot, I've been going since I was 12 years old. Where? 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 Come I got I go to fuss 79. On, yes. On Nicolette. Uh, that's, that's my spot. Um, I gave some of the ladies like a hard time a couple years ago. I'm like, lady, like I've been coming here since I was 12. I've seen some kids grow up here. Like you can, like, I know who you are and I know, you know who I am. Like, we can, <laughs> we can pretend to know each other now. And so ever since then, huge smile on her face, like super excited. Asked me about my parents, asked me about uh, my sister. Yeah. You know, like, and it's just like, yes, the personal touch. I've been working on this for, for years and that's all I wanted. I just wanted to be seen. And, uh, you know, mm. that, so, so like, you know, like that, that's just like one example, but um, kind of, kind of on the extreme side where like, I have this very personal sort of touch with it. When, when all the, when all the stuff on Nicollet was happening during the George Floyd, um, the protests and stuff, uh, like, you know, me and a couple friends, like it wasn't like a joking matter, but we were just like, Hey, like we might have to go get some bats and, and hang out at Fuss 79 parking lot. So nobody fucks with. Fucks our restaurants, dude. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. gonna defend it. And pimentos across the street. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I was like, oh wait, oh, those guys got it. There's, there's, a, there's <laughs> they a little bit. I, I completely oh, agree. Totally <laughs> held it down. They held it down. It, the there's fuck? a little bit of a uh, Home Alone, Kevin McAllister. This is my house. I must defend it. Oh yeah, that's that's my neighborhood. Oh, is that so, so you live in Whittier? Yeah. Nice, nice. So, 
Yes. That, are you so? Uh, it's it was like checking in with uh, Tammy Wong over at Rainbow. Yeah. Making yeah. sure that everything was okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there's I I walk and eat on Eat Street at least once a week. So yeah, if anything were to happen to these places that are institutions of my neighborhood. How's Eat Street doing? We know we just lost Eat Street Social, right? Yeah, we yeah. did. We did. Um, and would you call that a place that you think of as almost classic to the time? To that era? was, for me, that was a, a later night eat and bar place mm. or an infrequent but delicious brunch spot. Uptown. Oh, it's it's tough. I I um, I really wish I could have stayed, and I really wanted to kind of remain in the fabric there. Yeah. Um, you know, you can see this is fleeting, you know, um, from certain spots in the city, and I, you know, who knows when those are going to come back. So we've already talked about how we felt the service is suffering, and that. Personal habits have changed. Roy gave his personal account. You know, people are dining out less. And when they go, they're picking very specifically where they go. Mm -hmm. You know, we have to keep that type of engagement with our guests. And if they're new guests, from from my perspective now, guest building has to be, you know, your ritual in a way. That, because there's, there's so many people that aren't out as much. The ones that are there are just so much more valuable and you really, really have to intently serve. It's also looking at it from both sides. That is such a organic way of getting more customers. Um, If you are treated well someplace, or I'll just speak for myself. When I'm treated well someplace, I'll tell other people about it. I you know, like it's the selfish thing for me because I want that restaurant to still be there, but it's also something wonderful that I'd love to share. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't get, and I think maybe that this type of idea is more dormant or dead. The like, oh, you save that secret spot for yourself because you don't want it to blow up so you can't get in. Well, also this market isn't big enough that place can sustain itself being the little secret hidden spot Mm -hmm. you gotta if it's good if it's great you gotta shout it out Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and to build on what you're saying um, there is something so flattering when you go into a place that you've been going for a bit and they recognize you they say welcome back and it's not just performative like Mm -hmm. you get the genuineness of it they're happy to see you hopefully because pardon my french you're not an asshole as well um so they're happy to see you that makes such a difference in service if you are greeted with a smile you're far more likely to respond with a smile you're sitting down with a smile Mm -hmm. you get your first beverage you get an appetizer you get some bread whatever you're, it just sets the mood and it makes it that personal experience. And it's, it's difficult in repetition, I can say from 
the behind the counter, mm -hmm. uh, you know, in the industry side of it. But in the grand scheme of things, it's a few extra moments. It's paying attention for five, 10, 30 seconds when someone walks through the door. Mm -hmm. How you say and, things. And oh my gosh. When you say things. Yeah. I was, you know, you're talking and I'm just like, God, all the things that go into service that <clears throat> somebody may not understand. But um, when you, I'm thinking again, trying to, trying to keep it on the guest side. Have you seen a difference in how guests are in restaurants? I mean, like if you oh, ask me, I might be able to note a couple of things, but from a guest perspective, do you see other guests acting say differently or in ways that you wouldn't have expected or in a, in a worse way or in a better way than before? Or any I think changes? it's more volatile. I'm seeing both more grace and mm. more, it's not even entitlement. It's the, it's like, I'm doing you a favor sort of. It's yes. And it's, a, <laughs> and it's something that, and this is a, a thing overall, um, that bothers me. It's a lack of manners. Mm. Um, I'm going to, and I've, brought this up with your producer at a previous time, but I think this is a, a wonderful time to bring up the, the seminal classic movie Roadhouse. Yeah. Yep. Let's talk. So about <laughs> the, the sways be nice. <laughs> yeah. And you know, like, and there's the whole back and forth, you know, yeah. like what if someone gets in my face, you know, all that. And he just says, be nice. And the long pause until it's no longer time to be nice. So, you know, like playing both sides of this guest and service equation, people in the service industry can get so far, but only so far by being nice. Mm. And, you know, like my role as a manager, sometimes I'm the one that has to not be nice anymore because you have to stop something bad from happening or stop the bad from all that is already happening. Yeah. The guest side of it, even you know, like sitting in a dining room and seeing other people that are acting out in a what I can only describe as childish way. First and foremost, I'll just try to be especially nice to my server, especially nice if I interact with anyone in the kitchen, you know, make eye contact, yeah. you know, the silent thank you across the pass from the dining room. Yeah. But there is also a certain point where I, I get up, I fold my napkin, put it on my chair, and I walk over and I say, stop it or get out. <laughs> I, I, You've done I, that? Yes, oh, because oh. it's also this. I know, <laughs> I know all the people that are working there, they don't have the same freedom that I do being, I'm just another guy sitting at a table. When I walk over, I'm a complete unknown. This other person who's acting like a jackass, they have nothing on me. They can't threaten me with, I wanna see your manager. I, I'm my own person. I am my own manager in that moment. So I will take that opportunity, that freedom that I have in that moment to say like, stop it. Just stop. I've only had that happen to me once. Why were you acting so poorly? I wasn't. <laughs> I was actually dining in my own restaurant. 
And what? Yeah, it was early on in the Moochie's day. I was, I was with my family, my two kids and my wife, right? And I was, we were eating and this, I saw that this woman was upset. She's like, kind of like talking at her husband, you know, move, you know how your head moves, you know, like yeah. and this and this and this. I'm the like, jutting. Oh, fuck, is that about us? You know, and I'm trying to eat, you know, my meatball. Yeah. And there, we just didn't get it right for that person. We didn't, we, we, we didn't. We probably made a couple of mistakes on the table. However, uh, this person kept kind of coming after us, coming after the server, and the, us, like see how protective yeah, I can. sure. And she wouldn't let it go. And she wouldn't let it go. And other people are kind of looking and I'm surveying from the table in my restaurant. And I decided that this person's attitude was disruptive enough to other people. The whole restaurant. That I walked over and I said, hey there, I'm the owner. I'm in dining with my family. I didn't need to know the whole situation. I said to her, I said, I don't need to know the whole situation. I know that we've not been able to serve you to your expectation at any point during your visit. Unfortunately, I don't believe there's a way for us to talk you out of being angry. So I've taken care of your bill and you're free to go now. And it was really hard. Sure. Because that person was at a, I, I didn't know, right? But that person was at a wedding four months later with a friend of mine still bad mouthing us. Sure. Yikes. And, you know, and it, it's only happened, again, like it's only happened once in my life, but. You know, like there are people that don't don't let things go. And at the table, if I make a mistake, I'm going to own up to it. That was completely my fault. But nobody nobody dies here. Why are you mad? You know, something I tell people that I work I'm, with. That was a lot. that was inside. Sorry, that was restaurant side. Yeah. Sorry. You know, but but it's you know the the thing of it is, it's just sandwiches, it's just eggs, it's just coffee, it's just a drink. So That's the, it. it. But the guest it's is expecting wonderful. You know, maybe something they're used to and they're not getting it anymore. But then I mean, use your words. Well, well, but if the service is going away and that's what the guest has come to expect and then it's not there and then we're dicks about it, you know, if we're slow and we can't actually provide appropriate service. I don't know, but I, I still don't want people to get mad about it, but damn, you know, that's kind of where we're at. Sure. And then you, you're the voting is via where you spend your dollars. Yeah. Yeah. So do you decide where to go based on politics? No. Oh, yes, sort of like like from like a broader sense, like like I'm not going to go to Florida. I, I don't care how nice the beaches are. I'm just not going to go to Florida. Sure. You know, so so like in that sense, it has some impact into my decision making like locally. Uh, not really, but there are places that I just don't really consider. And it's mostly because I, uh, not my scene, not my crowd, not my, you know, just, yeah, I don't belong there. It, you're, it's a, it fits you or it, it doesn't fit or yeah. it's like a special occasion and I'll go to that club. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I would divorce it from the word politics, however. Sure, sure, sure. For me, it's more about ethics and morality. Mm. Um, which I think is more fundamental and is not about being divisive. It's about holding your own standards. Um, 
That's fair. That's, it, people because have had, but politics are in it now. Oh, politics are in it, yeah. but I don't want that. No. I. It's not that I won't discuss politics, but I'm not going to try to discuss politics with someone that I know I'm not going to get through to and or someone that I know that's not going to get through to me. You know, there are certain things, you know, like... But, like, but, there's artists you love and you didn't like their ethics. Or sure. Yeah. It's, as well, that's just a... We live in very divisive times, and I think mm -hmm. in some ways giving too much airtime to that in this, what we're doing right now, and even... Uh, life mm -hmm. that only creates more division because yeah. then it's this feedback loop. Yeah. You know, so if you read me, crime reports all the time, you're only going to see crime. Yeah. If you read only happy stories, you're probably only going to see that. Mm -hmm. Maybe a balance is better. Mm. Yeah. I, I really think restaurants are the place that should be devoid of that. You know, this is a, you know, restaurants kind of started, you know, in port cities where weary travelers would come in and, be taken care of and in you know in a port city you're gonna see all kinds and it was just kind of a place of you know uh, respite where you could just kind of anyone anyone could go in and hang out and and I think that restaurants need to save themselves by becoming a place where everybody actually feels welcome you know without you having to put a sign up but mm. if you put a sign up that everybody's welcome I think there's a lot of people that would not go there yeah. There's that. Ironic. And then there's also, is it actually true? Well, and I, that's why I've never put that sign <laughs> also up. Also true. I've never put that also sign true. up in my yeah. restaurants, you know, because everybody's fucking welcome. Come, come, you know, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to take care of you. It doesn't matter who you are. My job is to take care of you. Yes. Right? To be you're egalitarian also about in it. And I see what your day was like and your faces and you walk in and, and you want me to take care of you. I know you do. You're here. You got to let me. Mm. All right. Yeah, it is you a balanced relationship. I'm gonna try to break you down here, right? You know, even if I make a mistake, I'm gonna turn. I, you know, I have the power of the comp, but I can make <laughs> it. I can make it work. You know, like it's it's a restaurant. You know, I want your kid to be fed well. I want you to be fed well. I want you to get laid because of this date. I want your divorce to be celebrated. I want, you know, whatever it is, I want that for you. I don't give a shit. I just want that for you. It's really hard for everybody to have that sentiment in dining. But, you know, I think of restaurants, that's that that's where I think the the divisiveness can go away. And I think that's where we need to act literally all come to the table. Yeah. So, you're a repeat guest somewhere you think mostly because of service. And you go there because of service, do you not go some of, to somewhere regular because of service now? Yes. Mm -hmm. so, so no matter what your loyalties were, you'll see the service go. And if you, if you feel like it's just, you know, it breaks your heart or whatever, you probably won't go back. Yes. And further, because I even uh, reached out and tried to have a conversation about uh, a bad experience that was out of character and the manager that I was speaking with was not the manager of before. So, you know, not mm. the same person 
you know, maybe not the same expectations, but uh, I got some really rude feedback for even trying to privately have a conversation. And it was like, nope, done. I, you know, yeah. no restaurant is a make or break my life place. But I would, again, you know, the voting with my dollars, I will vote, uh, you know, perennially for the places that are doing it. Stick with They're it. really doing it. And didn't utilize the past three years to excuse compromises. Maybe things had to change or even for a while, but they talked about it. They weren't just like uh, hoping you didn't notice yeah. that things were a little different for a mm -hmm. while or mm -hmm. like, you know, we're takeout only and you know, that's just what we're doing. Well, Yes, I supported some places that were takeout only because I was looking forward to the day when I got to walk through the door again mm -hmm. and sit down yep. and be there. And that was how I could, in my own small way, assure or help that possibility. Yeah. It's crazy how much that tone has changed, too, with like when we weren't actually able to dine in and everyone was just like man i would give anything just to be able to oh you know have that like whatever hot steaming hot like whatever come and have it right away versus like having it sit in the car for 15 minutes and then yep. i have to reheat it or whatever like so like i remember thinking that and being so excited when places were opened up and now you know it's, it's a combination of yes like uh you know restaurants figuring it out and trying to figure out like what they can do better but then also like people i think just kind of forgot how to act in public how to socialize how to be nice how to you know like just a lot of things have changed and i think the uh where we're at now it just sounds so different from like when we didn't have what we had mm -hmm. and we all we wanted to do was just yeah like you said like walk in the door and you feel like there. you have more options like yeah we have way more options i can get takeout from here i can do this i i learned how to make sourdough not me i'm just <laughs> as an example over covid you know and diy you know we were all forced to cook a little differently eat a little differently and we've had three years of that so our habits has changed so dramatically you said that you cook more at home intentionally for health intentionally for economics intentionally just all of the above all of the above. Uh, I are you a good cook? Uh, I usually respond to that question by saying I I just like to eat. So I typically do you like what you make? Yes. <laughs> it it, well, it gets yeah, no it gets old. It gets old. A thousand. Yeah. It gets old, and there were days like I had I had There's COVID. dishes, dude. You have to do dishes now. It's so bad, dude. Like <laughs> like two months ago, I had, I had COVID, and I you know thankfully I had some friends come by and drop some food off and whatever. But yeah. like those like in middle in between days when like I would make just like a big batch of like like kimchi stew, and I'd have it for four days in a row, and I'm like, I can't take this anymore. Like I think I smell, <laughs> you know, like it, so like I I got really sick of my cooking. Mm. Um, as part of this and I tried to incorporate and learn new dishes and, mm -hmm. you know, just like, just try and, and add to the, 
to the you know to the menu, right? Like, oh yeah, this is staying on the menu, my menu. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's right. That's, there is, this is a Roy classic a menu that you have. That's an interesting way of looking at it. Like when we cook for ourselves at home, yeah, there are the things that we go back to. It's a menu, yeah. It's yeah, a menu. there is a, a rough idea of a menu because you have certain staples in the mm-hmm. pantry, certain things you've got in deep freeze mm-hmm. that you can uh, you know rely on. Yeah, yeah, you might venture out and make something new yeah but i'm gonna guess spaghetti and meatballs you know if that's something that you enjoy you have the makings for it i at any time yes well and and like this happens often where if i like something a lot and you know like i'm trying to find a good example like karage or you know just something right i'm like I really need to bring this in house for economic reasons. Like I can't afford to keep eating oh, this man. out. And so I will try and, and bring it in house and usually get discouraged. Uh, and this is, you know, months long, maybe years long process of me on this quest to try yeah. and figure out how to make, you know, the perfect whatever. And, you know, I keep going back to the place that, you know, inspired the journey and it'll always get love, you know, but like, Sometimes I'm like, okay, you know, I think I can make a, like a dinette burger. Like, you know, oh, you do, know. Huh? Ooh. No, 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 no. shots fired. Never, but, never, so never. So you're talking about not going to restaurants right now. And you're also talking about how much you love to cook. And you're also talking about, you know, you trying to perfect a certain thing, which mm-hmm. I'm not sure we would have had the time or whatever to do this. No. During, you know, unless COVID happened. No. So that I've proposed numerous times that that time off put people in a position to do it themselves, to see some of the financial benefits of it, to practice it and find comfort at home with cooking. Mm-hmm. And thereby we find less guests in our restaurants. And it's just the way that habits are, but it's also skills that are built. You know, you could see people building skills mm-hmm. and these skills, you know, like what I can entertain in my beautiful home that I was able to renovate working from home, you yep. know, mm-hmm. Um, did either of you, uh, dine in a downtown Minneapolis or downtown St. Paul restaurant in the last 30 days? Yes. Downtown. Downtown, downtown. If, and here's my bougie speaking, if we include PS Steak just on the south side of yes. Loring Park as yes. downtown let's, zone. Let's include PS Steak. Um, how about you? Uh yes, sort of North Loop. No, no, that's no. not that's not downtown. That's, that's technically, not downtown. That's too have far you eaten in the North Loop in the last month? Uh yes. Yeah, I think everybody um, has. And I'm, I can't say the name because I'm going to. I would butcher it, but it's the gentleman who you had on your pod. Sandy uh, Del Prado. Sanders. N- oh. No, uh, I haven't been there in a couple months. But um, fusion. Oh, Pedro. Yes. Guaycaya. Yes, I would have butchered that. Guaycaya. I could see it in my head. I was right. like, nope, no mm-hmm. confidence. Um, how many times have you eaten in South Minneapolis in the last two months? I don't know the number. Maybe. Is it over ten? Yes. No. Five. Where do you live in? I live. I live right by PS Steak, actually. Okay. Yeah. So you live there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, how about you? Where 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 do you normally eat the most? Not downtown, uh, obviously. Each Street is. I go to Each Street pretty often. Um, neighborhoods. Neighborhoods, Northeast. Um, 
I was doing a lot of North Loop in early part of the year. I had uh, had some work mm-hmm. kind of like in the area. And so mm-hmm. uh, was visiting there often. Um, See, when you work in a spot uh-huh. after work, you go out near that spot where you work. I'm not going far. Ideally, so it I'm comes to out. me, but you know, I will go to it sometimes. Interesting. Yeah. Guys, you know, I just, this these notes that I have are like I told you scattered and there's just so many factors that we're dealing with you know yeah uh, downtown and I I I love that people found work from home I mean I can't imagine what that would be like because I can't but I need them I need folks in their offices it's it's tough because like how do you take that away once you give it you don't right so, like well I, it's just some another factor. companies have tried to and that's led to an exodus of their workforce it's or it's yeah. led to revolt it's led to like we won't do that or you know like negotiating it you yeah. know we will hybrid we'll be there two days a week three days yeah. a week you know, have you something. been in the suburbs in the last 30 days yes i have actually yeah uh, <laughs> uh t- don't don't <laughs> don't eat in the suburbs <laughs> I'm joking. I just, you know. No, I know what you're it saying. It happens. Though. It happens that it happens. Yeah. <laughs> you know, these are just all things that are, you know, I think from a, again, restaurant perspective, not guest, but even a guest perspective, people are finding either things closer to home or more convenient or next to the store that they shop at, you know, somewhere else, but certainly not downtown. It's, it's Have you been to a, a concert lately? No. Not really recently. Dough. How about um, no. some other entertainment after 10 p.m.? Yes. Yes. In downtown? No. Okay. No. No. Away from downtown. Away from downtown. <laughs> Ironically, uptown, but yes. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some shit happening. Some shit happening. <laughs> All right. You know, I, you see what I'm getting at? Yeah. Um, it's just hard, really hard to find, you know, like a center. I think. I think the North Loop as a neighborhood is the most insulated economically kind of just, you know, with the variety. Like North Loop, I think, is having a pretty decent go of it amidst amidst all of this, I, I think. And parts of Northeast, I think, have thrived. Um, you know, All Saints and Sidebar, it's sort of, you know, there's a decent amount of energy over there. I think that's good. Mm-hmm. I've noticed that in Edina, you know, like Mr. Paul's Supper Club's got 300 advanced resis, bro. Oh, and the two times that I've been there, which were at different times of the night, and it was like walking into a rager of a party. Yeah. It was like, it's it's 530 you guys are partying like it's 10 o'clock. And then when I was there at imagine the work from 10 o'clock in a day. Wow. But that's the similarly in North Loop, <laughs> there's a comfortable amount of money in the neighborhood that yeah. there's expendable income. Oh, hell yeah. And that experience, and you don't have to like drive downtown. No, exactly. Well, and that, that like, experience like you're saying was purely by like design, right? Like it was, it is meant to sort of offer that experience. Encapsulate all of that. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe like up in Vegas, you know, over there in Edina. Uh, But Arezzo, you know, an Italian place there that had been there for years and years and years, didn't make it. 
Um, you know, maybe that was fatigue. I guess I guess I'm seeing, and I'm really happy that places in certain areas are flourishing. Fuck, get better on them. Um, but it does it does kind of evoke the response that I have to have people back downtown. I don't I don't care. I don't know why. I just I don't care. And they, and I know, and I've told my people that we have to be the only beacon. Uh, you know, yep. to bring them down here. I can't rely on the Saints or the train like people promised. Trains uh, can bring so many people to the downtown area. Bullshit. No. No. People aren't riding the train. No. They don't well, feel safe on the train. Okay, listen, they don't feel safe on the train. I don't think you would if you rode the train. But you have to ride the train sometimes. I'll take right? the train to the airport if I don't want to park. So, so if it, that's <laughs> not working and people aren't safe and the train's underpopulated, and, you know, um, we've seen, you know, we had, I, I like the changes in, in the diversity of what we've seen in Lower Town here. I mean, I really like the changes, but the people that have moved here now, they're not necessarily the guests that I had when I opened down here either. And I can't just change my concept to fit the new guests, the new inhabitants. You know, we, you know, we were down here because it was a, a place that showed a ton of potential. And there was people that had, you know, money in the banks and, you know, a couple of years just changed things. So now see downtowns and I see my own restaurant and my concept and I'm like, how much should I change? Can I, can I tug on that thread a little bit? Like yeah. if you, if you feel like the, the neighborhood surrounding the restaurant has changed over the years, cause how long have you been here? Eight years. Eight years. Okay. Um, if, if you think that that has changed, uh, is it more important for you to double down and say, no, I need to stay the same and be, you know, like who St. Dinette was? Absolutely. Instead as hard of, as ever. Instead of instead of like either adapting or changing with kind of the times and it, like. I mean, I think we have, but our prices mm-hmm. are higher because we've adapted to the times, right? Sure. sure. You know, Dinette's always been a little bit of a different spot because mm-hmm. we've always wanted to put sexy things on a plate and have it not be about pretense, have it be a cafe. But people think of us as fancy. But most of them come for burgers. Mm. And so we're, we've always been dancing on that line. I think if we don't, if, if you cater everything to the guest, then you've lost yourself. Yes. I agree and so that. I believe wholeheartedly, and we have doubled down and tried to triple and quadruple down on just giving people we know what they want. We give them that. Mm-hmm. We highlight a big dirty ass sandwich. And when we get them in here for that reason or whatever other reason, then we're going to try to knock them over with something else. I'm going to be really nice about it, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, but I I think if you, I I also think as a population, uh, we may feel like it's better to fit in than to be distinctive and different, distinctive and different begs comment. Um, you know, and I, I think a lot of folks in town, don't really want to be distinctively different. They just want to have what people want because I think there's a lot of safety in that for restaurants, you know? Yeah. I I mean, like from, from like a guest perspective, you know, like there are basically like for me, there's, there's two sort of types of restaurants in in my book. Um, One that uh, they're great because they are just through and through classic, the same, uh, what I had 10 years ago is mm. tastes the same as now. It meets your 
nostalgia and your expectations. Yeah, currently. there there is a certain level of quality that is always met, and you know they they exceed or they usually meet that or exceed that, and uh, they're consistent. Mm -hmm. Consistency is something that is sometimes sought after, right? Like we're all nostalgic, we're all human, we all have memories. Uh, you know, if there is a specific experience that I'm trying to uh, recapture, um, you know, a consistent restaurant, and there's places like that in town um, that, you know, I consider to be like that. Um, and I think that they're great like that, or they're great because of that. Mm -hmm. um, and then I think there's the other restaurants who are trying to push, right? Like change the, mm -hmm. like, you know, change the narrative or, you know, add their voice to whatever is happening. Oh, like, you know, meatball sandwiches are, are in right now. Like I'll show you a fucking meatball sandwich and like, you know, like just like stuff like that. So like there, there's that sort of great. How do they too. show you the meatball sandwich on Instagram? Uh, I, I don't know. I'm just, Is there any surprise left when you get to a restaurant or do you know what you're going to get when you get there? Ooh. Because I really think, you know, like there used to be, you go to a place, mm -hmm. you'd have no visual. Yeah. You know, you'd have the word of somebody mm -hmm. and you walk in and you're wondering what it's going to look like. Yeah. Now all the time you get to see everything that you want to eat and that decide before you fucking go. That is true. Oh, I saw this one. This looks better than this one. I'm going to mm -hmm. go over here. Okay. Well, it's Instagram worthy. Well, that's what I'm saying. We're doing <laughs> sure. shit so that it looks good on Instagram. Well, and I'm, you know, but I am too. Like, that's the only way we can shout out. Where the fuck else do we advertise? You're competing. You're competing for attention. And yeah. It's, it's, it's sure. hard. You know, it's hard to compete for attention. <laughs> but I Guys, think that only moves the needle so much. I, it's completely effective. But social media is the only way. Like, if you put it to me, uh, uh, to get a new guest, you, that that attraction is, and that daily activity that you're staying in somebody's brain, like kind of like that repetitive nature, it's it's one of the only only ways that we get to people. Yeah. I think it's like super important and I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. Yeah. The concept or the the time that you spend doing that instead of yes. doing the restaurant. Yes. I mean, we didn't have to necessarily market for ourselves before. Yes, please help yourself to coffee. Will you just bring the pot over? Gonna, Would you serve some coffee to me, please? <laughs> I would love to. Do you like cream? No, 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 no. Black is nice. Thank you so much. I will take a sip for your cheer. Oh, don't twist it. No. No, <laughs> then it, it will come off. It'll come right up. So uh, all the way, all the way tight. And then the spout will be open. And then just go it's ahead and pour. Open. Yeah. Yeah. Because oh. it's not one with a, like a oh, thumb press. Dude. <laughs> Hope you got that on camera. Oh yeah, bro. Matt has everything. Sweet. Um. Holy shit! I have. We haven't talked about anything. <laughs> Can I? You know, I will. Yes or no QR codes. Fill it up, please. Yes thank or you. Yes or no QR codes. <laughs> If I have to choose, then yes, because thank you. If I can only use one example, and I think it's helped them stay alive and modulate what they've were doing, and to be able to do it now, Zenbox. Um, Oh, well, there's another there's another place. Is that downtown? I mean, it's up on 
yeah. Washington. Yeah, they call that downtown. Because it's uh, it's far, it it's out of it's, uh, it's out of loop. Yeah. Um, because they can have more people that are making the food instead of constantly being at your table. You still feel a level of service because your food comes out fast. And you can sit there and you can still, you know, peruse and do that. And you're not under pressure from an overtaxed server who, mm-hmm. you know, they've got that many more tables. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, like they're, they're doing a balancing act there that for that concept works. Mm-hmm. If. And the quality is so good. Yes. They can bang it out. And it's yes. Really and then good. now. Their the new spot. Yeah. Oh yeah, my gosh, yeah, that's yeah. so fun! I, I love been. I gotta go. Go, dying, go! Dying. It's yeah. Eat Street Crossing, right? Eat Street a, Crossing. I had a really wonderful ramen there. Yes, yeah, me too. Really Fucking a. I really had a really Shout out. wonderful everything. Yeah. Uh, I've now. I've, my wife and I have gone three times, and we've now gone through all the all of the places, the places, and had a smattering of all the stuff and. You, it's is this fun. what you guests want now? Eater, entertainment. You want a food sometimes, hall, bro? Sometimes, because I can get a bunch Variety, of different stuff. Yeah, yeah. Now, that's not to say, because I'll try to loop a little bow on a f- bit of this conversation. Um, a place that I've been frequenting a lot that nails service and food and then even the whole thing of like you talked about like for instance also uh, multiple ways the dinette burger you know mm. being something that maybe you could make and also I can't, it's, I it's, can't make a dinette no, burger no you can't i cannot no, make a no <laughs> i can't uh it's and they have it, this place has a burger and it's delicious and i love it but i rarely order it Petit Leon. Because I want to taste what those folks in the kitchen, those chefs are doing. And they've got a great burger that's been there since day one. And it's delicious. And if I just drop in and I'm going to have a beer, I'll have a burger and I'll have the fries and I'll have that classic Mm. burger, beer, fries combo. But if I'm going there to eat, it's like what... and even though they have a, an active social media presence, they change things up enough and then they have specials and they've got the mm. piece of butcher paper on the wall that has the oysters of the night, yeah. the special of the night, stuff going on. So I don't fully know what I'm gonna get and that's exciting too because Have you it's, been there? Uh, oh, yes. It's fucking good. Petite is great. great. Okay, so here's a place to me that should be every busy every night and probably is. That food comes from a place. It is completely identifiable as Jorge and the others. You know, yeah, but it, he that's, certainly lets them create. He really it has comes it. Comes from a place. It comes from. Oh, yes, and it comes from those people. Mm-hmm. And they seem so. Like then a it's great. Team. It's places mm-hmm. mm. because there's. Uh, a diversity behind the bar 
and in the kitchen. So there may be a, a concept that they're riffing with. Mm-hmm. Mm. An ode. But, to yeah. yeah. And it's, it's interesting. Yeah. And I don't know. That's, that's oh, for yes. sure. Every, I mean, everyone, whoever's listening to this. That should be attended that has a, some aspirational aspects to it. That's a, that's a great one. Very delicious. Yeah. That's. Let me look at <clears> my notes. Uh, you guys like happy hour? Guilty. No. I, I like happy hour. I like <laughs> hard to avoid. Hour. Hard to afford. Yeah. It's hard for a restaurant to afford. Yeah. A happy hour. And why do they do it? Uh, you're trying to get some bodies in before dinner. You're trying to fill up an hour of time. Usually at a rebated price, but it only works if people stay and buy. And eventually, you really need them to come in for dinner anyway. Yeah. So you're just kind of giving things away. But who doesn't love a good happy hour? It's hard, it's a, hard to justify anymore. I, I don't really <laughs> want that overall. Like no, <laughs> because... Uh, and this is a uh, uh, the detriment of knowing the behind the scenes, the sausage being made under the hood, you know, (laughs) uh, I can turn my own wrenches as it were. Mm -hmm. I see the moves that are being made and some of them are very artful and skillful, but it's within a certain constraint because everything on the happy hour menu is 12 or under 10 or under eight or under. Mm. So no, I want to see when you, or just, yes, you've got to make your food cost. Yes, you've got to make it work. But, okay, what do you actually want to make? That's what I want to eat. I don't want to... Estelle does it, I think, the right way. They have little bar snacks, little pinchos. That's and, and, cool. And I mm-hmm. think... Mm-hmm. But that's different. That, I, that I is... So that's. Too. I think so, too. But, you know, you're you're a professional diner. And, you know, like... I. I think you're a professional diner too. I th- just think that, you know, something on rebate is really, really hard to do. But bringing us, I think restaurants even doing specials or something in addition to their regular menu is harder and you see it less. And I think menus are shrinking, right? Yes. I like, I like smaller menus. Me too. I do too. I like smaller menus. When, if you are handed a menu and it's a book and it's like hard surfaces on the outside and then you're flipping pages right 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 unless the print is big and there's lots of spacing and there's graphics and stuff there it would be an ultimate rarity that a place can do all of those things well cheesecake factory is the only example of them somebody (laughs) doing it really well on god (laughs) uh olive garden uh i think people really love it have you seen the prices at olive garden no i they have like their pasta bowls are 22, 23, 24, 25 bucks. Wow. Hey. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Unlimited shrimp, $30. You know, like it's not cheap. It's not cheap. No. But it's, it's a perception of value. Yeah, <laughs> sure it is. Sure it is. And nothing's wrong with Olive Garden, dude. No, no, absolutely not. But I, do you think the tastes of Minnesota are dying to be met with? new and different distinctive things or do you believe that people just kind of prefer what's safe here to go by this gentleman's uh dichotomy of the types of restaurants i think it has to be a balance of the two you've got to have your dependable places your mom and pop your your diners even a, a steakhouse you know so 
in the different strata of cost for dining out that have to be consistent, that you have to, you, you go there, you know. It's the next week. I was, you know what you're going to get. Uh, single digit age and last year uh, had steak at Murray's. It's the same. And that's part of its appeal. Mm -hmm. uh, there's, you know, to loop it back to another steakhouse, PS Steak. They're, they have consistency, but they're more playful. They'll yeah. change their bar program. You know, they're doing kind of Japanese riffs right now. And, you know, you see the stamp of each chef that has gone through those kitchen doors on the menu. It changes and they're a little more fleet of foot, <laughs> uh, a little more contemporary. Mm -hmm. And you need that too. I agree. How about you? <clears throat> If if we need if we need like more more like inventive type restaurants. Yeah, I mean, do you think the populace is really wanting that new um, and very distinctive, or do you think that the populace doesn't necessarily want that here? They want things that are more recognizable. Um, I think Minneapolis and the Twin Cities, just in general, we we sort of get this. Uh, I don't know if it's stigma, but like, uh, you know, we're we're in the Midwest, you know, like we. Oh, the the flyover state. Yeah, there's stuff. there's all of and that, but but I think you know what I've found, um, you know, from just my personal experience of living here for twenty some years, and you know, meeting people outside and whatever. But like Minnesotans are pretty well traveled. Uh, they just a lot of them choose to just come back and live here. Right. Like some people leave, go to go to, you know, the coast or whatever, live there. And then they're like, ah, I want to start a family. I want to come back to Minnesota or the I have stability. some family. Yeah. You know, there's there's consistency and stability and like other things that, you know, maybe in your 20s aren't for you. But later on in life, those are things that you value a little bit more and you want to introduce those things or, you know, incorporate them into your family life. And it's a great place. It's a great place to, to raise a family and, and have all of that. And so, yeah, but do we want something awesome? Do, are we really, really wanting awesome here? Okay. Because you're telling me, because yes. kind of your answer is kind of like, we go somewhere, we see things, and I know this about Minnesotans, we mm -hmm. go there, we see the world, we do travel well, mm -hmm. we do go out and see stuff, but when mm -hmm. we come back, we don't bring any of that verve. Christina mm -hmm. at Hi Hi yep. uh, and Ola Repa, I mean, they have that big city verve. They're able to get that going mm. i i'm just you know i'm struggling to like figure out what minnesotans really really want and i don't think it's necessarily experimental or i think it's a more common safe menu again right now i think we were in building i think we were building more excitement and people could do whatever they fucking wanted and mm -hmm. i think now we're just kind of like you know trying Maybe it's the creative side of the restaurants. We're just trying to like, you know, huddle in a little bit. But I just don't feel like Petit Leon, there's not too many examples of places like that. Small places where chefs are actually kicking it and, and like rolling it out in a big way and being really big and like competitive with mm -hmm. other cities with mm -hmm. how good they are. And I don't know that way we search that out. I think we go to 
I think we go to the distilleries. I think we go to the, you know, breweries with the food truck. And I think we're much more apt to do that here than we would go and try something that is different. Yes. Some folks. I, I'm... But, but if I'm you not do a something good different, you need all of them to come. I, I yeah. agree. You need, you I need a mentality you. that... Uh, oh, we all got to go to this. But you know, the, the city, it's dropped percent in population. I, I mean. Well, I think I think if, if that is created, there will be people who come. There will be people who seek that out and, you know, are are yearning for that. Like, and I, and I mean, I think this is a great sort of example of this. But, um, you know, I, along with my, my partner in this, Rob McNeil, we flew in a bartender from Japan uh, last, like a month ago. And, you know, we did a pop-up at Karanomize and a pop-up at Skalvin. And, uh, you know, that was one of those things where, you know, I knew confidently that like nobody, nobody else was doing anything like this. You would not be able to find, you know, an experience like this. And if you really wanted to, you'd have to get on a plane for 14 hours and and go to his bar, but for you know a couple of nights we were going to bring his bar here, and you know not really having any firsthand service industry experience, you know between the two of us ourselves, but um, you know understanding the the guest perspective of things that are here, things that are available, you know stuff that we can do, and what's not here. What what are what are some things that I would want to do? you know, on a weekend, you know, like what sounds cool to me? And it's like, oh, a bartender pop-up, you know, guys from Japan, I'll check that out, you know? So that was kind of how uh, we got to that point. But like to then uh, duplicate that, you know, like try and try and do something like that with a similar impact throughout the year, it's like you can't do that every weekend because then it's, it's not cool anymore, it's not special. You know, so Oof. how do you how, how do you many seats that? in that uh, bartender's bar? His bar, twelve. And he's you know he's doing, he's he's the, you know, the bouncer, the bartender, the owner, the DJ, barback. He's doing everything. Do you think this is Tokyo? This is in Kyoto. Kyoto. Uh, do you think uh, artisanship is more respected in Kyoto? Yes. Well, that's that's a lot more common of a of a you know like format. Even a biz, just business model. Yeah, I mean, like you you go down alleys and there's dozens and dozens of bars that are just like that, where it's one man show. You know, you go to your bar and mm -hmm. you know. I, that's a dream. That to be, me is a dream, and I can't imagine that that it would be easy. But you know, to do something that small and also have the density of a neighborhood. That would visit you like that, that. And, you know, but they still don't have 20 seats because they don't compromise on their product. You don't have to, you don't have to compromise on your product. No, but we, we busted his ass and we, we made like a lot of, a lot of drinks on those nights. <laughs> he, he made a lot of drinks. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. From a volume standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only thing right now that I think, you know, restaurants are just dying for volume. It's, you know, how, how much more expensive are things in your world? Everything. Uh, inflation is, in my adulthood, I have not experienced in rapid inflation 
yeah. as we have been experiencing. Yeah. Uh, and then the the interesting, like a microcosm of a byproduct that was hopeful and encouraging for a moment was I was at Kowalski's doing some of my grocery shopping. It's one of, you know, I, I like visiting a bunch of different grocery oh, yeah. stores to get the different things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's like, yeah, I'm into that. Guys, let's hang out on Saturday. Go shopping. <laughs> I do that all uh, the time. And I needed some eggs. And there was the, you know, national brand. You have no idea where it's from eggs. And they were four times as expensive as the organic Larry Schultz eggs from Minnesota. I was like, okay. I yeah, I would have probably purchased the local eggs anyways. It's $2 an egg right now or whatever, you know, it's like expensive. Yeah, it's like $2 and, an egg, but, but it's it, a lot of money. That might be a little hyperbolic, but it's it's crazy. Mm -hmm. When that has been you know, like in struggle times, you can buy eggs and that's that's sustenance and that's pretty good Basic. complete sustenance and you can with a just a little bit of not much mm -hmm. you can them, change we don't it. buy them as much and we, we just don't buy eggs as much it's just because it's weird how your habits change right sure and i have to shop at three different stores now it's <laughs> like one for proteins because i you know i value what they do from a protein standpoint yeah there's one for fr the cheapest freshest angle at organic or close to high quality produce and then there's another one for seafood you know mm -hmm. like it's and and then you know your prices are up and down but you know for the bulk of your shopping yeah you know are you even going into the store now or are you getting uh online deliveries or oh i don't like that i i like i love seeing the stuff yeah. There. yeah you guys yeah. are nerds kind of with that but yes. see this is also part of the diy thing where you're like oh uh or a cultural thing in my family is like we always go to the store. We went to the oh. store as a family. Yes. I, yeah. When yep. I was a kid, I was always at Acme with my mom. It's just how it is. I mean, I still walk basically up and down every aisle at Costco. Well, it's I. Me too. Base, it's a wonderland. That basically, is my Disney. Basically, I. I. It's a love hate thing because then I look at, you know, my watch or a clock or something and go. Oh, I've been in here way too long, but I, even if I'm just going, unless it's a, a, just a, an in and out, I yeah, need yeah, yeah. this thing and yeah. I'm going and I'm buying that and then I'm leaving. I like walk, walking the grocery aisles. Mm -hmm. It's like, what do they have? What's, what's new? Oh, and you know, <clears throat> I admit it also bleeds over into my professional life as well in the idea of like, oh. They've got this ingredient. I wonder if one of my mm. purveyors has this ingredient. Can I get it in bulk? Could I get it in bulk and then use it on my menu? Mm -hmm. Could I get it in bulk and then set up my own wholesale account and buy it for myself? And would that be cheaper? Mm. You see less sampling at rest, at, at uh, grocery stores now too, right? Nobody, no, not too many people. Like they're starting back up. It's but it's starting same. back up. It's but not it's not the same, same and it's, it's not. not as much of the the manned stations of you know you can go and there's someone that's like cooking up sausage patties yeah. and you get a little bacon egg and cheese sandwich or bacon egg and i've been the sample guy for my own business and i, I really don't want to do it anymore i really don't want to do it anymore and it's not <laughs> that i i just so i just it's it's just really hard to stand there and 
make you know smile and have people walk by you and not even say hi or whatever and also you know like oh like taste your food and then buy the pizza next to yours you know like it's 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 too much what what environment have you been doing this in oh i did it i've been well for the first two years of muchi's frozen foods i was in kowalski's lungs i did festival foods i was standing there in high v down in cottage grove you know, slap, 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 slap. You know, hey, hey, how you doing? Yeah, yeah. You know, that's you some other. Spin, like, did you have a pizza about? sign? You know, like, like, hey, uh, try some pizza. Did you have any good experiences? <laughs> oh yeah, they were all good. I made them good. <laughs> they were all you good are, experiences. You're like, a you know, I made them good. Like I, you know, I did it. You know, like this. I'm very. I can talk to anybody in any way, and make it work. I really believe that. And so that that was good for me. I want to talk about tips. Do you love tipping? Do, do you love tipping your server? Yes. Do you know where that money goes? Not entirely. Mm, you can't ever fully know. Okay. Do you like admin fees? I, okay. So you like tipping. You both agree. I like tipping insofar as, you know, like I have my baseline unless something horribly goes awry. Mm-hmm. And it's a way beyond words of saying thank you and it's and there is a certain amount of like my words you know like if i've you know had the same server a few times that i hope they get a sense that my words are genuine but that is only so much so an imperfect system absolutely would i love to see an environment there i've been to a few places and i'm blanking on names where on the receipt there was a server tip line and there was a kitchen tip line oh that made my heart swell because i got to instead of like if i have the opportunity i love when i've had a great experience if i can pop my head in the kitchen and not be intrusive or if i can be near a pass and say, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. This yes, was man. amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like you guys, I mean, service was great, but you guys put everything on the plates. Yeah. And yes, the server brought it in time. So I got stuff that was hot and it was supposed to be hot and it was hot, supposed to be cold and it was cold. But those people in the kitchen are often banging it out and doing great work and they are part of the service equation and that's not recognized. So I'll, I'll, how about you, right? Do you like tipping? I do. I, I like to tip for the most part. There are times when I am conflicted. Um, why you don't have to be conflicted about a tip. It's your money. Yeah. Well, it's the conflict. It's, it's, it's the prompt, right? It's the prompt. Anytime, (laughs) anytime you are like, like, like the, the example that I'm thinking about is um, I was at a coffee shop mm. in, in Portland, um, and I like to bring back coffee when, I, when I'm out there. Uh, my, my folks live out there, so I'm out there pretty often, and I'll, I'll bring back some coffee. And the last time I was there, I bought like two or three bags of coffee, and they usually, you know, some places will give you like a free drip if you buy a bag oh, sure. or, you know, whatever. So, like, I bought some coffee. I got, I got some coffee to drink, and then I go to pay, and I, like, wasn't really thinking and I tipped 20% on like 
I don't know, like three or four bags of coffee that I bought sure. and like one drip coffee. And so by the time I like actually paid and like I like looked at the receipt and I was like, oh, I think I tipped like 15 bucks. Sure. And I got one cup of coffee and I bought more like bags of coffee. The dollar amount and the percentage amount matched up. But I was like, I was like, I don't feel great about having just paid you you know, an extra $20 on top of, you know, like just buying this coffee. Sure. Like I, and that was, that wasn't like on them or whatever. It was just like this moment where I am kind of programmed to, you know, just like go through the prompts and, you know, whatever and I'll pay. But then after I thought about it, I was like, oh, I guess like this was one of the situations where like maybe tipping wasn't absolutely necessary. And to go a step beyond that, I was just like, oh, now I kind of feel like shitty about it. Like it's like, <laughs> gave me 20 bucks for no reason or <laughs> I'll, I'll challenge you on this insofar as this yes please did the 15 or 20 dollars make a real difference in your life um n- no no then i would say let it go yeah yeah because I, you, you i'll i'll give you props in this way there is a distinct possibility mm-hmm. you made someone's day yes yes for a 20 Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's amazing yeah absolutely you know like you could if you handed me 20 dollars right now Mm -hmm. it wouldn't make my day you're saying he felt like you had to though right like you felt like but here and this is where where i will challenge that as well Mm -hmm. and this is is this you gotta pay attention yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it's, yeah. there is a responsibility. Okay, yeah, now, yeah. but see, this is part of the confusion that guests are undergoing. Like, should I, should I tip? Should I not tip? Is the only thing fee? that What's I don't for? like is the handhelds where the server hands you the handheld or like they've still got their hand and looped into. And they can see into, everything. And you're trying to do math yeah. in your head and you've got five seconds. <laughs> and you're... You're just trying to scan the receipt. Like, is there already a service fee? Am I yeah. tipping on top of a service fee? And does that change things? Yes. Uh, if I don't know where that service fee is going. What's it to you? You, What's don't, know it where to this, you don't know where the tip is going. Uh, but I have a greater idea overall from peeking behind the curtain. The tip primarily is going in that server's pocket. Sure. Sure. So, they, also get, they also get 12 an hour or whatever. You sure. Know, like mm-hmm. plus, plus the tip. I, um, you know, I mean, these are some things just on like a restaurant side, like, you know, the, the minimum wage has gone up in St. Paul and Minneapolis dramatically too. Mm-hmm. You know? It wasn't six or seven years ago that we were like, you know, eight or $9 an hour, an hour at 12 on the way to 15. Yeah. With, the with lack no, of, with no, the lack of tip credit with the lack of is... tip credit. So, so now it's, you know, forcing, it's forcing me into, I, I'm considering just adding administrative fees of, you know, numerous different percentages. Okay. And, and, and part of it is like, you know, people say, oh, just add it into your prices. Well, I'm like, well, fuck, you know, like people see our prices online before they get in here and they're going to be like, what, how are they even charging that? You know, like real costs for restaurants and what we're you know we know the public hasn't gotten a real big raise either you know (laughs) you know they're spending less money we need to attract them down here me raising my prices me doing all those things sure i need it for austerity's sake but i really have to be very careful that i don't send the wrong perception out 
I would say there, one of the things that I do think is a good way to maybe sever that a little bit, don't publish your prices online. Yeah, because sure, that, but that's fine. Because then, then you're you updating and you a bunch get of different places. Twenty percent charge on your bill that I that's that that doesn't appear on that menu where your menu prices aren't or are, and then all of a sudden you feel like you roll in with no no expectation of what you're going to spend, mm-hmm. a little worried about it, and then we get you. That's kind of how I feel like people would feel like that, you know, instead of like burying it all out and like letting people know when there are admin fees on your check. You you want to know where they're going? You want to know the split? Um, it's not. Uh, I don't overall like them. I'd rather <laughs> I'd rather spend the money on the menu items because I you know I I do have a budget. I'm not completely devoid of uh, ideas of economics. Yeah. I'm not that well off. Yeah. So Most I make certain there. decisions yeah. when I'm choosing my food based on like, okay, I have this amount of money to spend. Mm-hmm. If there's been no real talk <clears throat> or transparency about a 22% service fee and then I get my bill and it's nearly a quarter higher than I expected. That doesn't feel great. Yeah. I mean, I totally get it. I totally get it. But I understand at the same time where the boat that restaurants are in. So um, from a profitability standpoint, restaurants, let's say, work with a typical window of about 10% being like a really nice, you know, like something that was like a standard, you know, 10 to 15% and and most of our industry is unheard of. 20% in our industry, I don't know anybody who's making 20%, I'm sure somebody is, but it's with a volume restaurant. Volume and uh, markup on alcohol. Mm -hmm. And or a food uh, concept where the food costs are so low, but, and the value seems high, but Mm -hmm. you know, you're making money on it. Mm-hmm. I historically I don't know. brunch. Yeah, and I don't know where I don't know where you know I don't love admin fees either. But if a, if the profit margin is ten percent or was when things were good, and you're looking at a two, three, four percent profit margin normally, or you're looking to break even six out of the twelve months and make mm-hmm. money six out of the twelve months. 3%, 2% or whatever going to the restaurant bottom line is really fucking important. Uh, three, we, play, we pay 3% uh, for credit card fees so you all can have the convenience of making rewards on your credit cards. We pay that. It's mm-hmm. 3% of things that come back to me in profit. But that's for you. That's your. That's You should be paying that. The guest should be paying that 3%. It shouldn't be on the business to do it. And so we all agree there. And and so there's just a lot of things where these one and two percentage point decisions that we make are huge because in some cases it doubles our profitability. If the restaurant makes such a thin margin, but we're so concerned about the employees that the restaurant model doesn't work anymore. 
<laughs> you know, like we need restaurants to not eat themselves up. <clears throat> mm-hmm. There's another thing, um, just in terms of vitality in our cities, austerity has made us make compromises and mostly it affects the guests in terms of hours that we operate. If a place closes at nine, do you feel bad going in at 8.45? I won't do that. Why wouldn't you do that? We're open till fucking nine o'clock. I need you there, man. I would get, I would maybe get takeout, but my perception as well is about the person that's been there at 8.45, they've already been there for seven and a half hours. I'm not going to make them wait on me till 10 o'clock so I can have dinner. My business is open until nine. If you don't come in after 8.30, I'm fucked. I don't want to open until 10 so you come in at nine. But I also, the austerity of that last hour of business cuts off an hour of vitality of our city. Sure. It just yeah. puts us right back down into this boring little scenario where everybody's kind of pocketed, you know, and they're in a hole and they're trying to fucking protect themselves, but the vitality goes away. And then people start, you're a lovely man for not coming in at 845. The restaurant's open till nine. I need you till nine. I need every guest to know that. And then you know what? If you're more coming talk about late, that. if you're coming late, give us a fucking call. Guess what? It's okay. Call yes. us on the phone okay. and be like, dude, there, there, there. dude, we got to eat. And it's, it's 10 of, we can be there in four minutes. I'm like, we're open. Thank you so much for the call. Hmm. There's a middle ground. I never thought of it like that. Oh, you got to think of it like that because yeah, yeah. I can't have you stop coming in and, yeah. and, and eating. So then my, I might as well, you know, like if I close at nine, essentially I'm closed at 830 if you have a conscience. But I'm, I'm staying open till nine. Mm. I'm seating till nine. Ah, I need there, you to okay. see. I'm seating, seating till, till nine. nine. That Let us know that you're coming, but we're Language matters. Nine. That, that really doesn't matter. Does. Yeah. So then it's two things in my mind. It's I was 90% on board with you. <laughs> and then the last 10% was when you said seating until nine. Because that's not close. Yeah. That's seating until. But everybody that, here is closing at nine. In their brain, they close at nine. They close at nine. Closes soon. A restaurant is open until the guest leaves. It's open. It should be open until nine. Yes, we close early sometimes. You know, it's a dead night or whatever. Nobody called in. I don't think we've missed anybody. I've had some people come in, even just this last week, and they're like, oh, dude, we'll get take on. I'm like, no. Sit down. And they're like, what? I'm like, where are you going? Where are you going? This is a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Sit down. Mm-hmm. You have to let me serve you. And I have to tell you right now, if you don't go to places, you know, you know, at the end, of, they're closing at nine and you don't go there at 830, like the restaurants are losing out on this. They're losing. And the vitality is getting, we're eating ourselves, man. We have to be very careful. Word to the owners. Okay. Word, word to the vibe, man. Then like, it has to be a change in conversation insofar as, there has to be less posturing By on the on the part of restaurateurs. This like fake buoyancy about their own success and a little humbling of we need you. Yes. Do you want us here? Then yes. we need you. Yes. yes. So cool. Have a an hours that are, you know, like if it starts at four, it's four till close. And you can even somewhere down and maybe smaller font, you can say, 
that means about 10 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Or the seating until 9, seating until 10. I have no problem with going into a restaurant half an hour, 15 minutes before the seating cutoff because then I also, I don't feel like I'm putting people out in service of my own enjoyment. Yeah, but that's what the restaurant is. It's the service of your enjoyment. And we are selfless because if we are not selfless in some way or humble, then you won't be able to actually be served, right? Sure. You know, it's really not about mm-hmm. me. It's about what I know when I walk up to you at the table and how I'm able to adapt to you. What I know, adapting to you. Then I also need a different mentality when I go into restaurants. Well, I, you know, not everybody in my restaurant is going to be able to give you that, but I think overall that's kind of you know, the intent. And I fed my friends last week and I made them stay. And I just don't want to be eating my own vitality. I want to be part of the whatever. And I just came up with an idea. You know, it's kind of like, okay, St. Paul, uh, four restaurants call me and let's do a rotating late night together. All right. You know, like let's do a rotating late night where it doesn't have to be the onus on one restaurant to be open every night until 10. We can switch it up a little bit. That's cool. There's a little bit of miracle on 34th Street about that. (laughs) You know, they're like, oh, go over to Gimbal's. They've got this. We should be doing that for our fucking people. This is where we go here. This is where we go here, you know what? Um, uh, spot bars open tonight. You know, late. You know, always. You know, like just, just, you know. Oh, um, chips. They're gonna be open till midnight tonight, Wednesday only, and we're gonna go fucking party there for a couple hours because we never get to do it. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay, I'm down for that. I, and actually, like on that note too, I love the like late night only menus. And like special shit, special shit. Yeah, like I mean, like like Bungalow does um, oh, burger night, burger night on Trap Wednesdays, Trap Night on Sundays. They're fucking cool. I that fucking love that. So much no, fun. It is. It's really, really. Love Andrew's that. doing well. I, they yes, force you into an experience but, with their prefix, which I also like. They're saying you have to eat this way. This is how we want you to have it. Yeah. Oh yeah. And you, but it, <sighs> it's that's great. It's one restaurant, but it's it's multiple restaurants. Mm-hmm depending on the night. Yeah. Yeah. And then there are certain constant things. There's like the accompaniments oh, yeah. that are there every yeah. night. So you can still get the smorgasbord, which is one that of the best board. values that in town. Oh my. He's going to have to raise a question on the fucking man. I, I, if it helps him <laughs> and it helps him stay in business, raise it. Oh, it's so good. I, it's just so delicious. <laughs> You'd pay more for it. Yes. It is worth Don't more. Tell him. It is worth more. Oh, Don't I will tell him because yeah, yeah. I, I want him there. I've had people tell me, man, you need to raise your fucking prices. I'm like, oh. Tim, you do. Yeah, I know. I know. And I have discreetly, but I have raised my prices, you know, but there's still a value. There's still a value that I know that people are looking for, too. It's a it's a it's a tightrope. I had inflation on my list. I had work from home on my list, different competition on my list, wage increases on my list. I had labor shortage, sick time, <laughs> living wages, impact of breweries or distilleries, uh, the desired outcomes of your employees and their success, um, vitality, lack of training, delivery options, menu prices that have not been, that have gone up 40% or the, uh, gone up a percentage higher than in the last time of 40 years. 
And still through these things, when a guest walks through the door, they have to be the most important thing because without them, with, with me, I, when, the, when the lights go on, I have to ignore all of this. Mm-hmm. I think it's harder for people to ignore all of this when the lights go on. And I think that's why in some cases service is suffering because we're all kind of been huddled. Like y'all are staying at your homes, homes a little more. We're all kind of like tentatively walking through this, you know, minefield of shit that's happened to the industry. But you do, you have to still give it up to the folks that come to you, man. And you have to have that vitality and that idea that they have a sense of something when they walk in. You know, at Moochie's it might feel like trust or love or just a sense that everybody's saying hi and we're so kind. You know, but if you don't find that anywhere or somewhere anymore, you know, you're missing out. And I really think the essence of service has to be a profound uh, touch point uh, for restaurateurs right now. And, you know, I know that there's so many things that are distracting from that, but I think in terms of your execution and the way that you're doing your concept, the way that you're putting it out there for people, if they cannot connect to your service right now, man, it's going to be a hard time to build a relationship. And if you're not building relationships right now and the lack of business it's, you know, around in certain places, you know, this is a long-term relationship. I'm dating you and I want you to come back over and over and over. Mm-hmm. I hope I can get people to do it. I really want uh, to thank you for being here. And while I have so many things that I think that I really could, you know, continue this discussion on, you know, thanks for your perspectives. Thanks for sharing the table here with me on Niver Neverland. I really want to surmise by saying that, you know, uh, restaurants are, are still growing through it and we're still finding our way. Um, most of this is never intended to reach the guest. We hide it so that you don't have to feel, you know, what's going on, but still, you know, it's our job to serve you. So if you're not getting the respect you deserve some places, you know, just hopefully you keep going and like bear with them for a little bit. Um, Roy, thanks a lot for joining. Um, and bringing your, you know, your guest perspective to this thing, and also, you know, being cool about it. And I love, I love maybe that I presented with you something, presented to you something that you had to think about in a different way as a guest. But also, um, I, I'm hearing what you, what you want, and what you think is exciting now, and I appreciate it. Well, yeah, and that's a that's a two way street, right? Like I think it's it's important for that conversation to keep happening, and. Uh, just more understanding from from a guest perspective, mm-hmm. from a restaurateur's perspective of how to better serve one another. And if we have that conversation ongoing, then you know, hopefully the experience of everything improves and we are able to pull ourselves out of this shit. But yeah. uh, you know, that's impossible unless there's conversations happening. So Yeah, communication, compromise and uh, so, compassion. So thanks for creating the space. Oh yeah, man totally appreciate it jacob um i'd like to thank you for your support of so many local restaurants and your kind ways of saying things you're a you're appropriate you know community the way you communicate with the restaurant and show your love for them i think that you know it's not everybody that can do that or find the romance in our business right now but you help me find the romance in our business because you're able to describe it so well and the experiences and things that you have and kind of 
how it feels to you. And I really thank you a lot for putting that out there. I, I find these dining experiences to be more emotional than you might imagine. You know, it's important to me and your your um, your your emotional output on this is is I think important to me. And it is important to me. So thanks for that, Jacob. Thank you. Really good to have you here. It's a pleasure. Yeah. It's uh, my little summation will be this. My wife is a therapist and one of the things that she does and and I find this mirrored in the service industry both as a customer and as a worker is you've got to meet people where they are. And if you can do that, if people can do that, there will be far better experiences, yeah. whether that's restaurants, uh, whether that's a business, whether that's just two people passing on the street, leading with some kindness yeah. goes a long way. Come to the middle, you know, get everybody in a good soft spot where we can enjoy each other again. This has been enjoyable. Yeah, you're enjoyable. Jacob, thank you. Thanks. Roy, thank you. Thank Roy, you. it was a pleasure to meet you. Nice to meet you too, Jacob. Let's all go out. Grocery Let's shopping. do it. Grocery shopping. <laughs> <laughs> All right, much love, fam. Thank you for joining us. Sniper Neverland. I don't know what episode, I don't know what season. I'll have Matt figure that out for us. I love you guys. Appreciate you so much for your time. Appreciate your input. Peace. Thanks for joining Thank us you. in Never Neverland. Hey, folks, this is Matt, the producer. The episode technically did not end here. Once they finished up, these guys just kind of kept talking, and Tim wanted us to include that bit. And it's really great stuff. It's a lot of fun, a little bit rough around the edges. Just a bunch of dudes hanging out, chatting, but the mics were still recording, and we thought it'd be fun to still include it, so here's that. Thank you. Enjoy. The first time I ever met you uh, was quite a while ago at Town Talk, and it was you and Nick were there, and he was in, the first time I was there, and he was in full Nick mode, <laughs> he was... <laughs> I think I've even told you about this at some point. He was um, from a stopper um, top. He was arcing whiskey into someone's mouth across the bar. And he was, <laughs> I think what his intention was, was to build a drink in their mouth. Because <laughs> he thought that was amusing. He's like, I could, you know, like I can pour some whiskey and I can punch your teeth. And you, at some point in that, communicated that, you know, like it had been in the recent past that it had gotten so hot in the restaurant that he had gone shirtless. Oh, and that you had to explain why that might not be okay. <laughs> okay, yeah. it was a hot night at the time. <laughs> it was a very hot night. And we are all partying. And we're getting towards the end of the shift. And, you know, the details are a little fuzzy, but Nick was super hot. You know, I think he sweated through. You can see the salt stains or whatever. So he decided to take his shirt off. And you know the little soda guns? Yes. He took the soda gun and just like ran, ran the water down, Singles. ran the water down his chest and just kind of like, you know, at the oasis, you know, uh, and, you know, I had to tell him to put a shirt on. <laughs> I think that was a health code violation. Multiple? <laughs> yeah. 
But the town tuck was one of those places that, that had that verb, that vitality. It didn't care so much that it felt like you cared so much. You know, it was just real. Yeah, you know, I'm right? right there. Come on in. You know, you want to. Oh, 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 yeah. You're going to have to wait. I'll hand you the list. Write your own fucking name on the list. Make it neat or I won't know how to call you, you know, like and then they do that and they pass us the clipboard back. And that's how we do our wait list. Yeah. And right there, we are breaking down any relationship that could have been in your mind with us beforehand is out the door because I'm like, here, write your name down. And I'm just literally giving you a job to do when you walk in the door. Here's an apron. Yeah, basically. (laughs) Basically, you are already wrapped into the to the fabric of the night because it's busy and you, you wrote your own name behind, you know, you see the list. I love that at Fat Lorenzo's, they've got the chalkboard between the front counter and the dining room. You, you're waiting, write your name down. Yeah. If you don't, uh. I, I've seen it where I've walked in with my wife, we've put our names up on the chalkboard and like multiple other people have come in and they haven't been there before. And I've tried to say, you know, like, <laughs> you gotta put it. And this one couple was like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> and then other people came in after them and wrote their names and got seated before them. And I saw them still sitting on the chairs right there in that front little thing right across from the open kitchen, the little gelato. <laughs> and they were just fuming. And it's like, it would, you, you just have to do this. Yeah. It says do this. I even, you know, was like, hey, yeah, you might want to do yeah. it. And they got so an- agitated and so angry. And guy came out and was, you know, like the, the guy of the couple was all pissed off and he was making himself known that he was pissed off and and the the guy that had come out from somewhere in the back goes did you put your name on shaking with anger well you didn't follow the rules and there's i think there's a little bit oh yeah Ah, because we're embarrassed because we didn't know the rules because we can't be wrong you know and you can't take advice and they'd gone too far they couldn't be humble. No, people leave hungry because they <laughs> they act out the wrong way. If you want something, you talked about manners. If you want something in a restaurant, if you're a guest and you walk in and you want something or you made a mistake or you need a favor and you don't want to talk about it, you be fucking nice. If you are nice and oh, use your it, manners, you will you get, get so you far. Want. Yes. <laughs> Relate to the person at the desk. I know you're very busy and, and, and I know that I'm coming in out of the blue. But I've heard so many good things about your restaurant. I had, I couldn't walk by. I couldn't possibly Flattery. walk by. Oh boy. Without coming in and seeing if I could get a seat for my wife. I wouldn't expect it. It would just be a beautiful thing if it happened. You've okay. used that before, haven't you? And you know that I know how to say things. And it works. Yeah. You know, you know that I, I know how to say things because what doesn't work with me, I know all of that too. Oh, I yeah. know all of that. Oh yeah. I know all of that. Yeah, table for two. I'm like, hi, how are you? Table for two. Hi, how are you? Table for two. Okay, we can do this all day. You have to say hi before I can work on getting you a table. You have to be a person. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to make you. I'm being a person. Will you be a person with me? I have never Hello. recommended that my employees speak to people like I do. I've only wanted them to understand how I can get the people to do what I want them to. Or just to have... The way to say no without saying no or something like just making things more gentle. It is an absolute art. Yes. And it is really hard to teach. It's all situation. You are very good at it. I have a bunch of bullshit. You are good at it. 
the, the, the continuation of the little story is I've been coming to your restaurants pretty regularly for a number of years. And first and foremost, it's what I've said, you know, an hour ago or whatever service, because there's a certain Niver standard. And I find that time and again, and there is the, you know, like once I started, you know, becoming more frequent at one of your spots, there was the recognition thing and I am not above flattery. So I'm flattered when someone goes, Hey, it's great to have you back. Yeah. You know, like, I'm pleaser. Oh my gosh. Right there. Like when they meet somebody at a table, for they know they're in again. They're absolutely writing their names down in their menu books when they come in. There's a they're really describing them to themselves so they remember them. Tall gentleman that works at Moochie's. David, younger guy. Yeah. I can't believe I'm saying that, but younger guy. Yeah. He has been not our server, but he's been involved in getting us drinks, water, food. And like doing a little check-in when our server has been busy. He's amazing. Felt, and I, I'm using this terminology more. He helped my wife and me feel so seen that it was, we were there and we had pizza and pasta and some wine. But it was like Shangri-La mm-hmm. because we really felt taken care of. Yep. And yes, your restaurant makes really good food, but it was the experience, man. That's what Loft said. Yeah. It's weird to hear people say, and it's been said, right? But it's weird to hear people say, like a Niver, like it's a night, you know, it's a oh, Niver restaurant you yes. walk in. But that that is the distinction that I am absolutely talking about here. Like that impression upon people who walk in that somehow, like, you know, like, like you can smell the garlic outside the restaurant and it woos you in a way. You're like, ooh, you know, here we come, you know. And But I want when you come in, I want it to feel like that. But in your heart, not and not all just like nose or eyes or whatever, just but kind of in your heart like that. You can sense it when you walk in, like there's a sense of care immediately. And it, it's it's weird because I can start it, but I'm not there every day to do it so it is absolutely something that i don't own it's owned by the employees but it's but it comes but it has to be a reflection sure but they have because if you're they have to buy in because if they don't it's probably not going to work between us and them yeah sure because that's that's before you've ever opened the front door to the public you all have to be on the same page and that's that's rare. There's some stuff. That's rare. I mean, the the places that we specifically talked about are some of those places mm-hmm. where you have that feel. Mm-hmm. You walk in and you know that all the people working there are, are people, fully fledged people with all of the concerns and joys and sorrows. But there's a way also before any words have ever been said to the customer you see the way that the employees act with each other mm-hmm. yes and if there's not animosity that it, you can at least perceive wow yeah they're all together dude
Niver Niverland is a production of Glean Tower Media in partnership with Tim Niver. If you live in Minnesota or Wisconsin or just the Midwest in general, please consider checking out Tim's restaurants in St. Paul. You've got St. Dinette in Lower Town and Moochie's Italian in West 7th. And for local folks specifically, you can buy Moochie's frozen products at grocery stores in the Twin Cities Metro. Locations include Lunds and Byerly's, Kowalski's, and Hy-Vee. Oh, and keep an eye out for new products on the horizon. Remember to support the show by subscribing on audio platforms like Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you really like the show, leave a five-star review and tell us why you like it. We also have a YouTube channel. Be sure to subscribe, comment, and leave a like on there as well. Small things like this help us keep the show going. Last but not least, follow us on Instagram if you haven't already. That's where we drop all news and announcements related to the show, and you can find that at Niver Niverland. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time.